or if I poop my pants or something weird. Well, luckily we can't see your pants. So <laughs> if you put a mask on during this thing, I'm going to be like, oh, I know what happened. Welcome to Bootsy Greencast, the podcast that is named after my name that's not really my name. I'm very happy to be with my good friend, Scott Collin, joining me all the way from Vancouver, British Columbia. Scott is an artist, an entrepreneur. He is a woodworking artist. Uh, he does, uh, he draws, he does prints, painting, all kinds of stuff. Um, as you can see, uh, is that Bill Clinton behind you? <laughs> Who's, 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 who's that? Who's that guy wearing my hat? I I don't know, but he's he's got your hat on. <laughs> I love it. It's beautiful. Little paper mache man back there. Um, Scott uh, and I. Have he's actually wood. Him. He's made. He's carved out of wood. Awesome. Cool. It's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> but that's even cooler. Um, I don't yeah. think I could even come close to that with paper mache. So, um, but you build, you build <laughs> ships as well. Boats, you work on boats. Um, yeah. And yeah. I've shared, I've shared a few of your prints, uh, for sure on Instagram. I'll, I'll do more of that as well. Uh, but you also have been studying awesome. self-development, uh, yes. for seven years. You've got a great story, amazing story. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you sharing with, that with me and Scott's been on a lot of other podcasts talking about that. Uh, we could just, for now say that uh it's it's very intense and dramatic um <laughs> like me <laughs> i'm just learning how dramatic i am um it's kind of funny someone made the observation that i was dramatic and then i freaked out you know and i started saying i'm not and then i realized wow what a dramatic reaction wow. to being told i'm yeah I'm not, I'm a dramatic person. So I've learned, I'm learning to, <laughs> I'm learning to sit with it and, uh, and I don't know, start to enjoy and appreciate it really. It's, you know, uh, in comedy especially is about hyperbole and exaggeration and those types of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, also try to stay grounded, but self-aware, but thank you so much for coming right. to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. So happy to be here. It's amazing. Um, and we were talking a little bit about in the pre-interview, just maybe talking a little bit about, um, you know, uh, finding our maximum potential. Uh, and maybe we can talk yes. a little bit about that. Some tools that people can use, uh, some of the things that you've personally implemented in your life that you've turned me on to. Because mm -hmm. when we first started talking, Scott sent me a bunch of books and resources. Um, and all that stuff is really interesting and helpful. And I really appreciate that. <clears throat> We can talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that stuff and, um, you know, just uh, how people can uh, begin to really, really find themselves. You know, a, a lot of us who are doing this work, this great work, it's really about uh, self-actualization. It's about understanding and embodying our most authentic selves, whatever that is. And there's no wrong way to be. It's just a matter of embodying and expressing exactly who we are, right? So yeah. 
So I think you've done a lot of work in this field uh, over the past several years and an amazing story, like I said, um, coming from a place where you were pretty lost and, uh, and you've yes. spent a significant amount of time and helped a lot of other people too, which I think is beautiful. Uh, and that's really, I think, a big part of why we do what we do is to share, you know, with other people. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind here, you share that, um, is just that, that we each have our own unique way of, um, awakening into the world. Uh, and for me personally, that journey has come through, um, a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And so for me, that journey happened through uh, drug addiction, through heroin addiction. And so essentially, um, when I did uh, completely collapse from that and clean up, I became deeply interested in like, what are, what is the meaning to life? How does life work? Uh, why am I here? And so um, I ended up having a a, a spiritual experience in the midst of that that completely turned my life around and it was it happened um through psychedelics it happened through um through an ayahuasca experience and essentially um that experience um turned my life 180 degrees and it, i my new obsession uh i mean i'm a creative person by nature i um uh, like you say i'm an artist i'm a woodworker i'm a musician and essentially what I did was I turned all of my, my creativity uh, inward and I, and, I, and I, to really look at like, how does life work? And so that became my obsession essentially five years ago to, um, and that's when I started reading books. I uh, started, you know, watching YouTube videos. I, I just was like an open-minded, uh, what can I learn? And through that experience, I realized that each of us has our own story and our own way that we can teach other people. And it just, it can happen through our own life experience. So, um, yeah, so for me, um, that's what's brought me here. Yeah, and now. <clears throat> I want to uh, mention something from the Kabbalion. It talks about, um, talks a lot about balance, talks a lot about swinging, you know, uh, but it, it also talks about um, rising and it says that you will fall first before you rise. And so the, right. the equidistance is there. Um, however far down you go, you're going to go that far up. So that's kind of where right. you um, after, Right. After hitting that sort of crescendo, um, then, you know, you, you've, you've turned your life around uh, in a way to where you've, you've started asking questions and coming from, I think, a probably more humble place and uh, trying to learn and absorb everything that's possible. So I think that uh, it's really, uh, hopefully, for people out there, encouraging to know that however much pain and trauma you've experienced, that you can <clears throat> come from there and you can elevate tremendous a tremendous amount from there uh, right well. right yeah so one thing that comes to mind hearing you say that is when you're in that space of that pain and that trauma 
um, it's nearly impossible to realize and experience um, what life can be like. Like um, the, the way that I explain it to people um, that are going through hard times or maybe that are stuck in addiction or some kind of painful experience uh, is that the pain won't make you improve. Like it will give you temp like temporary inspiration to make a change, but it won't motivate you to keep going towards the solution. What will actually keep you in the solution is when you experience the benefits behind becoming a healthier, more whole human being. And the more that your mind changes, like the, the, way, that, the way that I operated uh, seven years ago when I was still in addiction, and now it's like my my mind uh i've done so much work in that time um that the way that my mind operates is is completely different the way that i perceive, perceive things my beliefs my the, the feelings i have on a daily basis they've changed so much that it's like i'm a completely different human being and essentially i think that we all have that potential um and I think it's, it's really hard to see when you're, when you're in it because you don't know anything beyond your experience. You, know, you don't know anything beyond your current frame of per perception. Right. So it's really hard to see what's outside of that boundary. That's really inspiring too. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. I feel like a completely different person too, not to get biblical, but there is a, a, a verse in the Bible that says, uh, the goodness of God is what leads man to repentance. I thought a lot about that okay. recently. Um, <clears throat> you know, just in my interpersonal relationships, especially as dealing with myself, I don't need any help, obviously, beating myself up. None of us do. We're really, really good at it. Everyone's their own yeah. you know, worst critic, always. Um, so 100%, yeah. I can totally relate to your change in relating to yourself. And as far as like finding an exemplary, uh, you know, version of ourselves or, or really influencing our lives in a positive way, it doesn't come from kicking ourselves and beating ourselves up. I think there are moments when we get that flash of, oh shit, you know, like I've got to make a change and that, that is helpful. That's a, that's a uh, good intrinsic motivator to start with. But ultimately, coming at ourselves with self-compassion and love and allowing ourselves to continue to move forward and to continue to fail is really, really yes. important. And yes. in developing that and the self-talk that goes along with it is uh, yes, yes. something that can be really, really helpful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what that makes me think of, you know, I told you, um, I mentioned earlier before the um, interview started. I'm doing this course on uh, removing childhood trauma at the subconscious level. And the part uh, that I'm on right now is self-love. So uh, what we do is we start out um, each week, we have sort of a different assignment. And um, I, I believe it, it, we use the, uh, is it David Hawkins map of consciousness? Yeah. I think I, I sent you. Yeah. So we use that as sort of a basic model of, we start at the bottom with shame, guilt, uh, 
fear, we move through all, all these different um, emotions and we, we uh, you know, do like meditations, like hypnosis type meditations and essentially cutting these energetic ties to uh, certain people in our lives where we've gotten these emotions from and we move through all these different emotions uh, and then we go all the way up to self-love. And, and essentially, I've realized that I've done a lot of work in these past five years with um, dealing with things like guilt and shame and some of the more negative emotions. But the one area that I've really been lacking is actually self-love and really having compassion for myself and patience for myself. Because if I really look at um, the, the years that I spent in, in addiction, um, I, I think that there, there was like a, that was what was missing in me was, was the self-love. And so I'm actually doing an, an exercise uh, every night before I go to bed. Um, this called the mirror work. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of um, work like this. So it's really hard at first. It's really hard to do. But essentially, um, it's, it's good to do this before bed. Because what we do before we go to sleep, we carry into our subconscious mind into the whole night of sleeping. So uh, you stand in front of the mirror close and you, and you look at yourself in the eyes and um, you acknowledge yourself and you say your name and um, you, you know, say it a number of times to, to really just um, acknowledge yourself. And then you um, say five times something that you're proud of yourself for. Um, you can pick something for the day that you've done, that you're proud of, um, something that you've achieved in your life. And then, uh, then you go on to talking about um, something that you can improve. Um, I forgive myself for. And you, you, forget, you say it five times, I forgive myself. And then, um, then, you, then you say uh, something you commit to improving in your life. And you say that five times. And the whole time you're staring, you're, you're looking at your eyes. And it's really awkward when you first start doing this. And it really shows you how much um, like self-criticism that we have towards ourselves. And one thing I'm noticing is the more that I do this, the, the, it's, I can actually see the difference because really what, what the, the object is, we need to rewire our subconscious mind. And uh, because we have all these behaviors, these thoughts that are in the background run, that are really running the show. Um, so when our conscious mind, when we suddenly come to the conclusion, wow, I am a beautiful person. And, and you, I know that logically, like I, I know there's things to love about myself, but if there's things, happening from childhood that are saying like no you're you're broken and you're flawed and uh you know you're worthless for you know x y and z um that basically creates the the uh the dynamic where we move, move through life and so um yeah this mirror work is having a tremendous impact i notice myself i'll be like in bed i'll wake up you know in that half uh, half awake, half asleep state, that dreamy state. And I'll have um, like feelings inside myself like, wow, I'm a, I'm a beautiful person. 
I'm a, I'm a good, I'm a good man. And, uh, and I know it's because of this mirror work that I'm doing. So it's really interesting. And yeah, it's kind of giving me some uh, acid flashbacks right now, you know, staring at the mirror, <laughs> look at my face melting off. <laughs> yeah, right. You're beautiful. But I can't tell if you're, you or not, but, yeah. but no, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it is hard. It is hard to give ourselves credit. Um, I have a really yeah. hard time with that. Um, and it's not something that I try. And I know part of the reason probably why I haven't tried it yet is because it is, there's a lot of resistance there. Um, we, we need to remember that, you know, uh, having that self-compassion and that yeah. love. It's really interesting to think about the, the childhood trauma stuff. Uh, a lot of Robert Anton Wilson's mm -hmm. work in imprinting, uh, and the first, like, especially for, um, like, I guess he calls them circuits of consciousness in his work. Um, a lot of those imprints are there, you know, developed in childhood. Uh, and a lot of times in memories that we might not even be able to recall, uh, which Completely. is interesting. Yeah. So I, I love that you're working with that. And uh, I think that's really helpful and interesting. Um, really, really, really yeah. cool course to take. I would be very curious yeah. to, to know more about it. Yeah, yeah. I can connect you with... Um with Joseph P. Gabby is, is the man who I'm uh, doing this work with. And he's a numerologist. He's a master numerologist. And that's, so you, we, we uh, do our numerology. He does your numerology chart. And that gives you like a basic blueprint of who you are. And I'm, I'm blown away with numerology at this point. Like he, he does a form of numerology called blueprint numerology. And it's not like a, uh, you know, kind of what we were talking earlier before the interview about personality types. It's not just saying, well, this is who you are, you know, sorry, good luck. Right. It's more like looking at your blueprint and what that does is exposes areas of your life that need to be transformed or certain patterns that um, are happening in your life um, that are not healthy for you. And the idea is to use that as a, as a blueprint for transformation. And so he, he doesn't need to know anything about you. He just needs to have your full name and your birth date. He does all your new, like your, your, uh, the letters in your name have numerological equivalents. And then it, he puts it all together. And then, you know, for a hour and a half or so, basically tells you all about you and can talk about all your childhood stuff, all the different periods of your life. And your jaw will drop the whole time because wow. it's like how did you know that how did you know that and it's <laughs> i mean you could go in circles with that like what it's like what is reality <laughs> is it it's it's probably all numbers when it comes down to it in the end and like it only it makes sense that um that it that our it's it's just a, it's a i guess it's another form of mysticism like we you know, there's all these different ways that we can peer into um, into uh, our wiring, and so numerology is one of them. So anyhow, it's really fascinating. Is we, we so we find out our basic blueprint, and then you have that as like this is who I'm meant to become in the world, and these are the these are the things because we each have a special gift, a special way that we're meant to live in the world, world essentially, and. Um, that's the thing I love about numerology is that it really exposes that. And then the Enneagram is another, another amazing tool for that as well is like, 
and just looking at the unique way that each of us is uh, wired and that I don't need to go off of what my parents expected of me or what the world expects of me because I'm each one of us is unique and has a special gift that we're able to give to the world. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I completely agree. I, I do think each one of us has a special gift, at least one, and maybe, maybe, maybe many more. And I, I think a lot of these mm -hmm. tools are, are really helpful. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. I'd love to talk about uh, the Enneagram a little bit, uh, as well as, yeah. you know, uh, personality tests, um, astrology, palm reading, right. there's just a ton of right, different right. tools that we have at yeah. our disposal that we can use tarot, um, and, mm -hmm. and, and a lot, um, you know, a lot of people who are maybe new come, coming in, uh, might be a little bit overwhelmed with some of this stuff might be, yeah, right. um, also maybe a little bit, uh, I don't know, taken down a, a bit of a rabbit hole this way or that way. I mean, yeah, whatever. Right. It's, it's your walk, but, uh, I, you know, I do want to say that no matter like what your personality type is, no matter what. Um, what's cool about the Enneagram, which I, I do want to get back to, I just, uh, just wanted to make a quick point and just say that you're not limited by any of these tools. Um, these tools are right. there to help you understand yourself and, and hopefully to transcend yourself. Right. So, um, so maybe we could mm -hmm. talk a little bit about the Enneagram, uh, really quickly yeah. if you'd yeah, yeah. If you'd be so kind. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to book through it as quick as I can because that's a whole rabbit hole that we could get, we can spend days in. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to link that uh, video that you sent me by Beatrice Chestnut, who wrote the book uh, on the Indian. Yeah, it's pretty exhaustive, right. and it's also one of the books. Oh that yeah, you sent me. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. link that in the show notes. Uh, just make a note about that. Totally. Yeah. So speaking of Beatrice Chestnut, I, as far as the Enneagram goes, I um, have read many. I've read many books on the Enneagram now, and to me, she is like the. I call her the queen matriarch of the Enneagram <laughs> because I, I really, really believe in her and her, the way that she does the Enneagram. And I, you know, rather than explain the reasons why, I think there's a lot of really important reasons why I think that she's um, worth paying attention to. But her book, um, The Complete Enneagram, um, is, is really, uh, it's kind of like the master, the master <laughs> Bible of the Enneagram, I, I feel at this point. And so, um, so the Enneagram, uh, as quickly as possible, okay, it was brought to the West by Gurdjieff originally in the, the earlier 20th century, so the earlier 1900s. And um, it was an esoteric system at that point of like, a, I think it probably, you know, I don't know a, a lot about Gurdjieff's original system of the Enneagram, but, but what I will say is um, it was Claudio Naranjo in the 1970s and Oscar Echazo that further developed the system into psychology, into, into and it, he integrated what we would call Enneatypes. So um, the modern system that we call the Enneagram now is really um, as a result, well, it's a result of Gurdjieff and uh, mostly Claudio Naranjo and Oscar Echazo. And so um, Claudio Naranjo was a South American psychologist and, and a spiritual seeker. He's, a, he's an amazing teacher worth looking more into. Um, and so uh, basically the Enneagram, it's a, there's a diagram, it's in a circle, 
um, kind of wish I had the diagram here so I could point things out. But regardless, there are nine basic personality types. And within those personality types, um, there are three versions of each type. So um, without going into too much description <laughs> of, of each type, um, there are three types that um, predominantly use um, the heart, the intelligence of the heart. There are three types that predominantly use the intelligence of the mind. And there are three types that uh, predominantly use the intelligence of the body. And um, what, basically what happens when you discover your type, this, oh, amazing. <laughs> There's the diagram. Wow. I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, use technology to help us here. Explain. Wow. Sharp, man. You are sharp. So uh, looking at that diagram, eight, nine, and one, those are the body types. Um, also known as the anger triad. Um, two, three, and four, those, um, that's the, they uh, are, those are the heart types. They use the emotions um, predominantly. And then five, six, and seven, those are the head types. So they, it's like almost like each of these types overuse that, um, that form of intelligence. So I'm a type seven. And so I'm a head type. So I uh, overuse uh, my thinking. And so part of... Uh, you know, the, 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 one of the huge benefits of the Enneagram is that uh, kind of, you know, we were talking about this before the interview even. Critics of the Enneagram will say that it just puts you in a box and it says, um, you know, like, this is the way you are. You're just patterns. You're just, uh, you know, a number. But that's not the, uh, you know, once you really get to know the Enneagram more, what you realize is that it shows you the box that you're already in. It shows you the patterns that you are stuck in. And it freakishly accurately exposed patterns to the point where it's like, how did this person get in my head? How, how do they know um, that, I, that I'm like this? And uh, one of the great things about this is it shows you the motivations behind these behaviors. So it's not just like these are your traits, um, kind of like the Myers-Briggs, um, you know, like the, this is the way that you look in the world. It's more showing you what your motivations are behind these behaviors. And that can be very uncomfortable because what it essentially does is it exposes your shadow. And so this is one reason why the Enneagram is so, so immensely helpful is that it exposes your shadow. And that's why it can be quite hard for people. It can be hard. Sometimes when people learn their Enneagram type and they really study it and, and like really like study this, the transformation side of the Enneagram, um, like not just looking, you know, like there are cer certain varieties of the Enneagram, why I really advocate, uh, one of the reasons why I advocate Beatrice Chestnut is because you can get the McDonald's version or you can go to like the master teacher who's really um, showing you how to use it as a map for transformation. And it doesn't necessarily show you 
um, specific methods for transformation, but it's, it's a map and maps are really valuable to, to see where you're at, where you're at. And, and there can be like almost like a, it can show you the unhealthy aspects of your personality type and it can show you what you, what your specific personality type um, is the optimum way to, to grow towards. And so uh, it, it is probably the most valuable tool that I have found since my awakening. I've been studying it for close to five years now. And it's, my fascination has only grown since I learned about it because what I've realized is that there, you can keep going with it and keep going with it and keep going with it. Now, you, like a lot of these maps, you don't necessarily need it if you want to transform. You know, there's, we have a lot of different maps and um, there's many different valuable systems. Um, and it's really about finding what works for us specifically. But um, so I kind of feel like you don't need the Enneagram to uh, uh, transform, but it's kind of a, like at the same time, it's kind of a huge shortcut. It's That's like, awesome. especially if you, if you work with uh, clients or like you're, if you're like a counselor or um, a therapist of some sort, if you understand the system of the Enneagram, you'll be able to uh, immediately get to the core of like what, what this, what your client or what the person you're trying to help, you'll understand exactly what they're all about. So it, it, it helps you understand yourself. It, it, it's like an, a really powerful tool of self-observation, but it's also um, a really powerful tool and being able to understand others. So when you, when you understand your own Enneagram type, then you'll start to um, see people around you. And you have to be actually very, very careful of this because you need, like when you first discover the Enneagram, you can kind of get excited about it because then you'll start to see the patterns around you and you'll be like, whoa, Donald Trump is like a, a type, you know, uh, is he a type eight? Uh, it, you know, uh, so-and-so is a type three. Um, you'll, you'll start to like have all these realizations and, and then you'll be able to like immediately see uh, the motivations behind their behavior and, and um, who they are. You'll be able to see who they are, but at the same time, you need to be very cautious and not push it on people and not, and also come to realize that th some of these, uh, because there are three versions of each type, um, there's, that means that there's actually 27 types in total. And some of those types can mimic other types. And we can think that we have our head wrapped around someone else and think like, aha, they're just being, they're just being a type four, but you know, the particular subtype that they are of the type four might mimic another type. So we just, we just can't immediately think that we have someone figured out and that we just understand, um, you know, it, it, we don't, we don't want to turn it into a tool to judge people. Right. Um, we we want to um, like carry some humility with it. And also when it comes around to teaching people, I think it's really important to have, already have laid down a good foundation of experience of, of your own um, life experience. And um, I think having uh, some sort of like a spiritual type um, uh, practice and experience is probably like 
really helpful to have along with the Enneagram because the Enneagram isn't just a, like a psychology tool. I, the way I see the Enneagram is it's a combination of a spiritual tool as well as a psychological tool. And because, you know, uh, being a typical type seven, actually, I, lo I love looking at things from multiple perspectives. So it's one of the things that type sevens do is like, I love variety. I, I love doing lots of different things. And so uh, with self-development, it's like, how many angles could I look at this from? I, I want to look at it from the view of a scientist under a microscope. I also want to look at, at it from the perspective of um, Vadim Zeland <laughs> with reality transurfing. Yeah. You know, uh, I want to look at it from ma many different angles and not just get stuck in one, like, totally. corner. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. No, because again, these are tools and they're maps. And as yeah. Alan Watts famously said, that the, the, the menu is not the meal, the map is not the territory. And so these are ways yes. for us to figure out insight to ourselves. But look at Buddha. He didn't need anything. He just sat under a tree. Um, you know, right. It, these are ways for us to. He filter. was a type five, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which makes a lot of sense. If you read about the type five, you'll understand Buddha. Cool. Sorry. That's neat. No that's, yeah. no, that's great. No, no, noted. Um, yeah, but like the personality test or astrology or palm reading, you know, we, what's cool about the Enneagram that you noted was that it's really designed to, and Gurdjieff said, I think if you understand the Enneagram, it like renders libraries useless or something like that. Like that's exactly. a pretty profound statement. Um, exactly. But, but really finding the things in ourselves, like the, I like that you use the motivation analogy, um, like actually checking into our own motivations. And that really is like the gateway to like working with that shadow and the subconscious oh, stuff yeah. and the imprinting and all of that. Um, that can Big be a time. really good way to grow and to really point yeah. some things out to ourselves. And yeah, I think it's a really good point also to not take information and just project it onto other people or try totally. to, you know, feel like you understand that. I, I mean, I think we all d deal with that whenever we start to see the world in a different way. Like, like maybe like seven or eight years ago when I first got into any of this yeah. stuff, I was like, Oh my God, you know, like I do see a, I, at the moment, at that time, I thought, I, you know, I see a, a broader perspective of the world than I did before. And, and yes. very easy to project onto other people that they don't notice what I notice or that I'm somehow yeah, more in tune yeah. or some bullshit totally. lie that I could easily yeah. poison myself with. So pride always goes before a fall. So just to note that. Yes. Uh, yeah, completely. Yeah. And there, and there's like, that's, that's actually uh, a part of the journey. Like everyone goes through that mm -hmm. and there are stages of development and it's like the further that you go on this journey, the more that you'll be able to, um, one of the ways that you'll be able to help other people is that you will be able to see exactly where they're at because you were already there at one point. And so the further the go, that you go, the more that you, uh, um, the idea is to um, have a sense of humility, to, to, to um, realize that the, the more that we learn, that we have like a, there's like a, uh, what's the right description? Like right word? There's a we have something that we really owe, um, and that's to to. Uh, 
like a, it's just important to, to realize that we're, we're using very powerful tools and that um, we need to carry with it a deep sense of reverence and a deep sense of humility. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and there's a number of tools that yeah. we can use to, to get insight to ourselves and the world around us. And it's going to be yeah. different for everybody, you know, and these, I think, can be integrated, yeah. they overlap, you know, there's, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I've actually, I, I shot a, a series um, with, uh, with a friend uh, named Katie Bowles, and she has been studying like Vedic astrology and palm reading oh, awesome. and tarot and all this awesome. stuff. And so we went through and awesome. she kind of like did some readings for me just to kind of like demonstrate and be, I was like the guinea pig, which felt really good. Cause I was right. like, I love, yeah. everybody loves having some attention, you know? Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was really insightful and helpful. And even what's, what was funny about it, I think it was when she was reading my palm, she was like, Oh, you're going to have the opportunity to basically like caretake some things uh, for your family. And if you, it's, it's, it, it'll be really good for you if you take that on and, you know, uh, basically like accumulate this, this historical sort of family data. And I was like, uh, right. okay, whatever. Like I'm not a keeper of things. I don't like a lot of clutter. Um, I have sentimentality toward few objects. Um, but mm. then yesterday going through, uh, with my dad, uh, taking all the stuff out of his basement so that they could get a new floor laid down there. And so mm. doing that, we found all these old pictures, all these old home movies. Wow. And tapes. Yeah. Wow. So wow. I'm going to take all that and take it and get digitized. So I'm like, damn, man, she was oh, spot awesome. on. It's something that I was like, wow. Eye rolling. I'm like, uh, yeah, whatever. You know, right. basically. Yeah. And right. Then right. Two, right. Three days later, what was it? And all of a sudden I had the opportunity to do those things. I know the resource of some people that could help us to take those things and put them into digital format, um, which is really cool. And then, uh, you know, yes, yeah. So that's, that's additional insight too. like our childhood, yes. um, our childhood experiences and, 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 you know, uh, memories and things like that is definitely insightful. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah there, there's just so many tools. I really like the, um, I like the Myers-Briggs thing a lot as well. Yeah. Um, the Myers-Briggs is great. Um, I mean, it has its roots in Carl Jung. So Carl Jung is like, there's a lot, there's a lot going on there. It's worth exploring. Yeah, definitely. There's like a website. I think it's 16 personalities or something like that. Dot com, can, yeah. Yeah. You can take like a free personality test. And that helped me a lot. Yeah. I learned that I was a mediator yeah. personality, which makes a lot of sense to me. I love working with yeah, other people totally. um, and all totally. that. So it's pretty cool. And um, yeah, yeah that's a really valuable tool. But again, like, you know, I guess I just want to kind of put out there to anybody who's looking into this stuff, like, don't let it put you in a box, like you were saying about the Enneagram, that totally. it's really to get you out of your own sort of rut, your own, you know, yes. uh, your own cage. You know, we all have uh, resistance, you know, and it takes, you know, I hate the word discipline. I like to instead use the idea that I'm outsmarting myself in some way. That's how I... <laughs> 
that's how I convince myself that discipline's cool. Um, because like, it just has such a connotation probably for just for me from childhood, like, well, you need discipline, you know? And it's like, it just makes me think of military school, you know? And, uh, right, so right. I don't want to go down that road. However, I will outsmart myself, you know, like Bugs Bunny or some shit. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, yes. put myself in a position to, to win, like by setting things right. a certain way, which takes discipline and forethought. And, and those types right. of things, but it just it just seems like an ugly word to me for some reason. Yeah, no, and I can see that some for some people that word uh, could be really ugly, and I've I've actually been reminded of that. For me, it's not, and for me personally, um, it's actually part of my numerology. My numerology, I'm I'm uh, my life path is thirty two five, and essentially that is like one of the themes of. Uh, of what will actually bring me into my um, highest potential is freedom through discipline. And that's a term. I almost want to get that tattooed on me because I, I really need to have discipline in my life and, you know, not being, not the military form of discipline, but uh, I have this thing, you know, that I call shiny object syndrome. So it's like getting distracted by shiny objects. <laughs> by anything fun or, or, you know, enticing, I get distracted. And so um, it's really important for me to um, have discipline in my life. And as, especially coming out of addiction, it's like, holy moly, like, I, I basically dug these huge trenches in my mind of taking the easy way and taking the fun way. And so the only way to get out of that is to actually establish like healthy forms of discipline to, um, to really uh, form good habits. So, but it, that, that word can mean different things for different people from people who have who've been oppressed by, you know, fundamental fundamentalist forms of religion to, you know, very stern parents. Um, so yeah, anyhow, yeah. Uh, part you know, of my, part of my getting triggered by. <laughs> yeah, he's hearing that word. You're like. <laughs> I'm going to get dramatic. Every I'm time. about to get dramatic. <laughs> Every time I say discipline, you're like, your nervous system is like rattling. <laughs> but no, it's so important. I, I, I need to do, I need to do the same thing. I, I too have taken the fun route a lot. I, I'm sure that's not a surprise to anyone, but it, it's just, it's, it's appealing. And I try to also like try to do it in a way that is beneficial. You know, I think there's ways to take the funner out in a sort of more responsible way, which is another word that I don't love either. <laughs> Responsibility. Yeah. Um, right, al right, although right. It's very important to, you know, like, loyalty is a form of responsibility, right? And that's not a right, word that right. particularly triggers me. Um, in fact, it's a high value to me so like right you just right you know whatever they're just words I should yeah and with, so. right but with responsibility there it, it's all a balance too like you know it's like i'm not saying we're, we need to be rigid and we need to um you know be uptight about things there, it's but it is important to understand that we do have a responsibility in the world to um i mean look at the state of the world you, you know like it's really important for us to have a sense of responsibility of how we, we need to give back mm -hmm. in, in our own unique way. Um, 
and that it, you know that unique way is for us to really decide and um but also to learn how to relax and have fun at the same time so it's not about being rigid and uptight it's, it's really important to um to have as much fun as we can in in this whatever experience that we're having in this human condition you know yeah no that's a really good distinction to make that's really 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 good i, I like that a lot um it, it, yeah. we are we are responsible here what are we bringing into the world and that's something that i've tripped and fell a few times where I just like, I get overwhelmed or emotional and I yeah. just, you know, start like, you know, I could fall into like a more negative sort of, uh, you know, uh, mental state. And I have to remember that, you know, I, I am still learning myself, you know, I wouldn't consider myself fully actualized or something like that, but that mm -hmm. I know the gift that I'm here to give is, is just to bring joy to people. So for me to get on and start ranting about like something that I saw on C-SPAN yeah. is not my gift, you know? Like there are people who are, you know, good at delivering news and things like that, but I have to remember <laughs> <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> I'm not good at that. So I need to like distance myself from that. And that, and that goes back again to, we were talking a little bit earlier too, in the pre-interview of insula insulating ourselves a little bit from media, social media, basically being very uh, intentional about what thoughts we allow into our minds and, and, and also thinking about where these thoughts are coming from, right? Like what pendulum totally. is swinging that I'm hooked yeah. onto and I don't even know it. Right. Yes, 100%. Know, I've, done, I've done that a lot. Uh, and I've thought a lot about like, you know, like I said earlier, I, I even avoid comedians, even ones that I like and their hot takes just because it's like, <laughs> it's, it's influencing me subconsciously. Right. And so if totally. I can isolate myself from those types of things, then it actually enriches my experience and my ability to describe my experience because now I'm not totally. filtering it through someone else's filter. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, completely. And it, it, it's a hard balance because like, you know, we were, I can't remember if that was before the interview started or not, but just talking about Twitter and about how toxic, um, how toxic it can be. And so where's the line between, you know, wanting to communicate with people and share what you have to share, but then what you're taking in, um, yeah uh, yeah so it's i'm not on twitter i'm on i'm on instagram now and i and i got on facebook for the first time in my life more more recently um which has been a trip yeah <laughs> and uh it's been a trip yeah that's funny yeah I, I, yeah i uh we can that was definitely before uh the interview because like i was like early stages of this uh, pandemic, I'm like waking up in the morning and the first thing I'm doing is going on Twitter. And then, you know, the, the protests start and all this news, it's incredibly toxic. So I still will post yeah. on Twitter and like just throw out stupid jokes or whatever. But like, I also have basically stopped scrolling on that platform altogether. I'm not on Facebook almost ever. I feel like it can, it can yeah. be toxic. Um, it just kind of yeah. depends on what you're paying attention to. Obviously, there are groups that are maybe more positive and things like that on there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, Instagram seems to be a little bit a little bit better, you know. But again, yeah. When we're scrolling through all that stuff, it's important to keep in mind 
that you're going to be affected by stuff that you don't necessarily double tap and like. Um, it is seeping into our subconscious minds. Yes, completely. Whether we like it or not, you know. Um, yeah, and it's affecting us in ways that we just don't even know. We don't. We don't understand exactly. Exactly. So you know, avoiding anything yeah. that's toxic and really. I think it's really important to um, to really just check in with ourselves. Like, what is this thought that I'm having, and where is it from? Is it yeah, really, right. you know, what is the source of it? And I guess Buddha like talked about that a little bit, talking about how someone asked him where thoughts came from. And I think his mm. response was something along the lines of, "You're looking for where an arrow came from, instead of getting." it out of you right so he was saying it doesn't matter where the thought comes from it matters that you're entertaining it or that it's inside of you and you're like running a uh, little bit of a right. or, you know software update with that particular thought yeah right but i mean I, I guess that you know like where does it come from there everything is thought <laughs> but uh yeah but yeah like keeping in mind those i've talked a, a fair bit like especially on patreon about like um trying to keep the darkness out you know like insulating yeah. uh, from the dark from the from from like when i say darkness i don't mean in the pol pol polarity way where like creativity is involved and we're playing with the poles you know i mean like just mm -hmm. straight up negative you know garbage stuff that's just like garbage in yeah you know? uh, that particular yeah. stuff like anything that deflates our sense of uh purpose deflates our sense of joy or helping or ways to assist other people um you know mm -hmm. just that stuff just ah you know just uh i'm trying to avoid that particularly but um <clears throat> but yeah I, I think it's as, as part of like this and living like a, an exemplary life our you know our best version of ourselves mm -hmm. um that's definitely a, a solid tool too is just like being very conscious of what you're consuming and what's in front of you you know, all the time, yeah. not to be like a tyrant about it. And like, not like you can't watch like your favorite cartoon or something like it's, it's fine. And, and like in Vadim's work specifically, he talks about how he makes a huge distinction between watching something fictional and watching something uh -huh. that is based on reality. Um, yeah. Right. How, how we can begin to vibrate at that frequency, whatever that current event is, the more we get swept up, right. on, the more likely that we're going to, basically be sucked into that or it's going to affect our lives in some way or manner right i remember uh the the very the second podcast interview that you had on your podcast i can't i don't know his name but he's the i guess the middle eastern ambassador of reality transurfing salah I remember Rashid, yeah was his name yeah and uh yeah, yeah. I, so, I don't know I, if i remember him talking about yeah. movies and about vadim meeting meeting him yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, I think it was mostly because he just hates America. Vadim does it. He's like, uh, <laughs> Fair he, he tried to take him to a theater. He's like, no, death to America. Nope. Uh, you know. <laughs> that's funny. That's, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I guess if you were raised in, you know, communist Russia, um, yeah, you're probably seriously. not gonna love America so much. Yeah, you know, you might believe right. like that we were responsible for Chernobyl or something and like, just, you know, hate us. Uh, I'd like to yeah. think to have a higher perspective than that. But I mean, we're all yeah. affected. Like we were talking about in the beginning of this uh, 
by subconscious uh, patterns yeah. and ideas and beliefs that we have little to no control of. Yeah, right. So I'm wondering something that I would love to talk about as briefly as possible <laughs> is uh, the work of Ken Wilber. <laughs> Do you know anything about Ken Wilber? I have heard the name, but I, work? I don't, I'm not placing it. So it's kind of like, I guess you could, you know, put it in that group of things like the Enneagram. It's another map, another way of looking at life, where you, where you are on the map. But he uh, came up with an idea called integral theory. And I actually, um, there's, there's also a man named John Dupuy who um, took Ken Wilber's theory and modeled it towards recovery for people in addiction to, to, um, to come uh, into balance. So anyways, uh, with Ken Wilber, just real briefly, just, you know, hearing us talk about how to, how to keep away uh, toxic negative things and how to, how to, um, hey, there we go. Wow, you're amazing. Hold on. So we have four areas of life that we need to um, continually work at uh, to, to have balance in our lives. We have the physical, we have the spiritual, we have the mental, and we have the emotional. So when we work on all four of these areas, then that's what will bring us into balance. So the physical, that means uh, working on our diet, having a healthy diet, sleep hygiene, exercise, having physical practices, um, really important to have. Uh, having a spiritual practice, and that's up to you to decide you know, what is your spiritual practice, but really having that as an active part of your daily routine. And then going into the mental area. So with the mental, uh, learning new things, uh, you know, even like doing puzzles, um, problem solving, uh, actively um, learning things on a, on a daily basis. Uh, and then the last being uh, the emotional quadrant. So, and, and actually the Enneagram is a great tool for the emotional quadrant, by the way. Um, and that is processing our emotions, learning about trauma, like really understanding um, our emotions and really processing them. So uh, when we work on all, all four of these areas, it essentially brings us to balance. And you, it's not difficult to look at the world and to see how, how it's why it's out of balance like how how many people are working on these four areas of life it, it's not um it's not hard to see once you look around far enough you know you, you'll have and and so that would mean that if people are essentially doing a bypass in some form or another whether doing a spiritual bypass or you could be doing even a physical bypass to where you're not working on the other areas uh, but you're exercising, you're doing, you know, you're like a, like a fitness junkie or, or like a fitness instructor, but you're not working on your emotions and you're, you're not processing your trauma. Um, essentially, uh, whatever you're, you're suffering from, whether it's like a mental and, you know, dysfunction of some sort, imbalance, some mental illness, um, addiction being included into that, uh, work on all four of these areas and, uh, 
it'll make you a healthy person. Yeah, I think that's really, really good. Yeah, with all this stuff, you know, we learn about one thing, or this is, I'll, I'll just say my experience. I'm sure other people deal with this, but <clears throat> me in particular, I like find out about one thing and I'm like, that's, that's it. That's the thing now. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. And then you like run off into that like land and you, you know, you discover this thing and it's cool. Uh, but that's just one thing. And there's like a lot of things right. to consider. And these are all again, yeah. tools for us to use to get that gnosis of ourself, that self-actualization, uh, understand right. exactly what our gift is, bring that into the world. And, you know, it's not one necessarily one thing. You might have a specialty. You might have one thing that you prefer, uh, but I think it's good to not limit yourself, um, not allow yourself yeah. to be put into a box. I've done it. You know, it's like, oh, well, I'm a cancer. So I'm, I don't even know, like, whatever random trait like i'm just lazy so i'm just gonna lay here and be lazy because that's a trait of mine says the internet you know it's like well, <laughs> i just shot myself in the foot you know because i believe yeah. this you know narrative that you know yeah. something something uh, on the some algorithm presented to me and it may or may not be yeah. true uh or mm -hmm. it may be true but i also might need to uh be able to conquer that particular uh yes exactly I, I yeah or there could be some kind of confirmation bias or something there's like a number of different things that could be happening there absolutely yeah it's important to remember that we are you know in charge of our reality we we ultimately do choose so it, it, just accepting yeah. something that someone says or something says <clears throat> You know, and I, that's one thing I love so much about Robert Anton Wilson. He's like, I don't believe anything, but I have my suspicions, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's how nice. he rolled, yeah. you know, he's Good. like, you know, he's like, except one thought or, you know, what, what I think, I think Aristotle's attributed to saying this, but I don't think he actually did. It was like the mark of an educated mind is to be able to accept uh, two thoughts at once or something like that. Yes. Yes. So, so if I could mention real quick, there's a, there's an amazing book that I, that I call like one of my, one of my Bibles. <laughs> there's like a few books that I carry with me that are like real, that I'll read over and over again. So a mastery written by Robert Greene uh, is a brilliant book. And he describes something very similar that you're talking about. And I think it's John Keats and maybe John Keats was a poet or an author. I don't know for sure, uh, but he came up with a concept which he called negative capability. And it's a little bit different than the word, than the, it sounds. And what, but what he describes as negative capability is um, it is a trait that every master possesses. Any master in their field possesses this trait. And what it is, is the ability to be in any given situation and not have your mind completely made up, being open to possibilities essentially coming out of any direction, completely out of left field and totally changing your worldview or the way that you feel about something, um, even if it's illogical or, or irrational, just being an completely open-minded. And if you really look at uh, you know, people throughout history, if you looked at Leonardo da Vinci, you looked at uh, Einstein, um, they came up with ideas that completely revolutionized the way that we understood reality. The only way they were able to do that was to be completely open-minded to things far out of the norm. 
That's great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I, I think that goes right hand in hand too with Robert Anton Wilson, where you know he's like that's his idea is what's called maybe logic, and so it's basically the same exact idea. Is that he's like fuck yeah. you, Aristotle, like two two thoughts at the same time. He's like let's do forty. <laughs> You know, he's like, exactly. where's the nitrous tank of, of thinking? Yeah. You know, he's not going to hit that. I love those 60s guys, you know? They were so open-minded. Oh, yeah. Wild. Yeah, but, it's true. But basically, true. yeah, he's like, maybe logic. He's like, yeah, it could be that. It could also be this. It could be this thing here. It could be also this. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. whenever we make up our mind about something, we, we really do close it. It's like constricting, you know? It's like that reality tunnel like he talks about, and it just gets smaller and smaller. And so... You know, if I can think right. a few years back and talking about my awareness expanding and that time, understanding and seeing, you know, where I was and what, like, what a small view that I had before I started to get into any of this type of thinking, um, it, it just goes to show you, um, and, 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 you know, and that's also going to reflect into your reality too. And, and you'll, you'll miss things, opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera because you know mm-hmm. your view is shrunken you know so like I right guess right right to, you know open it up expand it yeah um, allow yeah. it and maybe not get uh too hung up on any one thing and i say that with and then i'll also contradict myself because i'm real good at that and say that it is really good to start with something and actually learn that right. tool too so like yes. for the enneagram yes. you've been studying for five years you know yeah. For me, it was uh, my first uh, thing that I really stuck to was the self-reliance essay by uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Waldo and I was Emerson, like, yeah. man, it's so good. It's, and, and, and the whole point of that is like, he's like, you know, if my genius calls me, I'll write on the doorpost whim. He's like, I'll shun mother. I'll shun brother. I'll shun. It's basically the idea is that yeah. if I have an idea inside of me and it's coming from me and I know that it is, I don't care it doesn't matter. Like that is mine. And it's, you know, that's, that's how genius expresses itself. So that's what he talked about. And then of course I'm transurfing for about three years and then, you know, I kind of weaned off that and then I'm kind of going back into that again and reading through those ideas again, because it's a really cool interpretation of natural, Uh, you know, it goes hand in hand with Kabbalion and several of those. And Kabbalion was another, another one of those books for me that was very fundamental in my development. I was like, Oh, okay, well, this is, here's seven natural laws. And these principles are constantly upheld. Like you can't break a law. You can break rules, but not laws and nature has set these ideas in motion and she does not contradict herself. Yes. So, you know, while I say, check out all these tools and blah, 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 blah. I, I don't, you know, I also think it's, good and helpful to have sort of something fundamental um yeah and whatever's helpful for you you know like for me it was self-reliance when i was working on the tree farm i would just listen to that book over and over and over again right and it's beautifully written right. you know he's so brilliant you know like the way he describes right. stuff is like, and it also is kind of like an older you know older english so some of it's a little bit you know, it's not, not like how we talk now. So I yeah, think it, it right. takes maybe sometimes a few times to kind of go through it yeah. and understand what he's even right. talking about. But like, once you right. have a grip on that, you're just like, man, this is so good. And it would bring me, it would bring me to tears. You know, I'll get to the end of that book two or three times a week and I would still get choked up because <laughs> it's so, right, right. so well written and so beautiful. Um, but 
but yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there too for everybody to just completely take everything that we've talked about this entire time about taking all these different tools and using them and throw that out the window as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. listen to me. It, Don't listen to anybody. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's making me think about even coming back around to, you know, what you were mentioning about all these different, you know, esoteric uh, methods, like whether it's palm reading or astrology or, um, and how when, when, you know, we get, when we get interested in, in some of these esoteric tools, um, like the, the importance of, you know, using some of these tools, but then uh, this is one reason why I love uh, Ken Wilber's integral theory is because, and all these different tools is I can constantly, like I was mentioning earlier, cross-reference, cross-reference. How does it look from this angle? How does it look from that angle? Um, to make up my own mind of what, um, what's going on with, with reality. But, you know, I, I, I did want to share real quick with palm reading. I have a palm reader who I see uh, once a year. And she's an elderly woman that lives uh, in North Vancouver. And um, it's like going to visit your grandma. You know, she doesn't have, she doesn't advertise. She, she just has this gift that runs in her family. Her, her mother was a palm reader. And uh, the, when I first went and had my palm read by her, it was one of the initial things that just blew, that blew me out of the water that, that, I was astounded at the accuracy and how she didn't know anything about me besides my first name. And uh, at the beginning of the reading, she asked me my age and that was it. And, it, and it's, it's absolutely mind blowing. And I don't know if you know of, about hand analysis. Have you heard of hand analysis? Uh, I'm, I mean, I've, I've, like the other part of your hand, like not just the palm, but the, no, hand, okay. ana hand analysis is basically the, uh, hand analysts wanted to get some legitimate respect for the, for like the world of palmistry, and they and they tried to look at uh, well they did look at the um, like the science behind what's happening with palm reading and to actually um, document and look at the like the patterns of hands. And so it's not so much looking at your future, it's looking at what is actually, that there is a blueprint on our hand and that you can very accurately read someone's blueprint based on the, the prints on their hand. So there is, that's kind of looking at palmistry through a, a scientific angle and saying, no, th there's something here. This isn't just some like, woo-woo staring into a crystal ball you know talking to spirits thing um and and i think that i want to bring this up because when you first get interested in these worlds it you know or if you're looking at it from the outside being very judgmental it, you don't always understand how people are doing what they're doing and also because there are many charlatans there are people uh who are not real or don't have all the pieces of the puzzle and, and they, you know, they, people follow them and it, and it kind of gives the, you know, the, 
the new age world uh, a bad rap, you know? And I, and I, I'm, it's, I have a lot of feelings about the new age world and the new age movement, and it's very conflicted because I think that there there are a lot of things there that um, are worth exploring. Um, but at the same time, there there is a lot of uh, I guess you could say even bypassing going on, maybe spiritual bypass um, going on. And so the like, it's so important when you start to get involved in some of these like esoteric methods. Again, you could even use, use Ken Wilber's um, model as, as a method walking through this, like what are the other areas of life I need to be working at and am I, am I bypassing? Am I not dealing with my own trauma? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of, uh, I'm gonna use some like foghorn leghorn words here. Chicanery, even douchebaggery <laughs> in the, uh, uh, in the new age movement. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who are, you know, just trying to make a buck, you know, and you first get in and you're like, Oh, well, of course, yeah. everybody's, you know, got a sincere, uh, intent because look what they're doing. They're working on self-help, but it's unfortunately mm -hmm. not that way. And honestly, like one of the easiest, uh, places to probably take advantage of people because people are so naive and willing to have an yeah. open mind and perspective. So it's important to be when they want help. Yeah. Yeah. They need help. We all, and we all need, they help. need help. We're all here to help each other. That's why I'm like mm -hmm. anti guru, you know, like I have friends who help yeah. me, you know, and like you, I'm le I've learned so much from you, but you know, you've taken stuff from me and vice versa. It's like give and take, you know, and this, this yeah. thing, and it's beautiful that way, you know, it's yeah. not like, you know, I, I don't, I can't, I wish I could place the name of this documentary I saw. There was like this documentary I saw a few years ago where this dude pretended to be a guru. He's like an Indian looking guy, but he was like some dude from like South Carolina or something, but he pretended to be this like guru and people like totally like bought into him and all that stuff. Um, and, and, and at the end, he did a reveal where he was like, look, guys, I'm just a regular guy. I don't talk like that. I don't have an Indian accent. Wow. Like, I don't do any of that stuff. Wow. And people were really, really mad. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Well, what see. a great lesson to teach people. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a, a powerful, not comfortable. But Right. Yeah. Very powerful. And also, you know, pretty interesting. Um you know, uh, man, I can't find it. Uh, oh no, Kumare. Kumare is what it's called. It came out in 2011. Mm. It's a documentary about a man who impersonates a, a, a guru. Uh, yeah. So I saw that a few years ago and I was like, man, I was pretty blown away wow. by that. Wow. Um, since I've just learned this yeah. new screen sharing thing, I'm going to I'm going to put it up. Man, that's cool. I love the screen sharing. <laughs> yeah. Wow, look, look at me. Yeah. yeah, I'm like learning <laughs> new stuff. And like, I need to do that. You know, I really want to, uh, to try yeah, to push. Yeah, man, you're working on the mental quadrant. The yeah. mental quadrant of Ken Miller. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely have been. That's exactly true. I actually just, I'm, I'm taking a course right now. And it's, uh, it's called Autonomy. And it's uh, Richard Grove, who okay. did a lot of work at Tragedy and Hope. And uh, his first video, I think, came out in 2011 that I saw, and it's called What You've Been Missing. And basically, the point of that movie is, you're an idiot. And uh, that's not an easy thing to hear, 
but I needed it really, really bad. Uh, but since then, they've come mm. super far along way. And what the idea of autonomy is, is to, to basically like to teach you to, to find yourself, your skills, uh, and market those and basically be, you know, like an entrepreneur, like, um, and, and take whatever those skills are and what your gifts are, wrap those up and, and, and take the, you know, the discipline, the, um, the, that it takes to actually do those things. And there's really interesting things that I've learned out of that course already. Like a lot of things that, uh, that are really interesting. One thing that he talked about was in the last uh, lecture was that it's not that we don't have the energy or the motivation or the drive to do the things that we want to do, but we often just get sidetracked and we put that energy into the wrong thing. It's like, often we'll, we'll think we need to do all the social media stuff or we need to do this. We need to do that. It's like, no, you just need to get a client. You know, it's just the same amount of energy expenditure, but we avoid right. doing the things that we know we really need to do in favor yeah. of the things we think yeah. we need to do. And so yeah, it's right. actually, you know, as far as like the energy expenditure, it's, it's the same. It's not a lack of willpower. It's not a lack of motivation. It's right. just picking the right things to do. So me working right, on the mental right. stuff and like trying to add that as well as maybe like a little bit of flavor to what I'm doing, maybe make my yeah. content a little bit more accessible to people or something like that might help, you know, to get the message right. out a little bit more and doing those types of things as well as, you know, there are some pretty interesting tools that I've discovered as a part of that class also. So yeah, so yeah, really, right. really so, good. so real, real quick, there, the one something I want to add to that or um, affirm that is uh, sometimes we can get stuck in the echo chamber of our own mind is how I describe it. And we need to have outside influence and outside perspective. Because, you know, we don't understand things that are beyond our perception. And we can get stuck in that echo chamber. And so I think, you know, it was Einstein has some famous quote by saying you can't fix a problem with the same level of consciousness that created it, some, something of that, something like that, at least. So that's why it's so important to have some sort of community or dialogue or have a, a teacher of some sort or mentor or, uh, you know, people that can help us to see outside of our own mind. Yeah. And we can do that for each other. And that's, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like that's really what it's all about you know we don't want to be following kumare around we should be hanging out with whatever whatever his real name is you know like on a friday night just kicking it by the fire or whatever and just riffing riffing it up um but yeah. no i i really uh appreciate and admire you for that you've been a great blessing and gift to me and i really appreciate all the things that you're doing i know you're giving a lot you're creative you're doing everything you can to be the most exemplary version of yourself and it's inspiring and I appreciate it. And I want to thank you for coming on and talking to me um, before we do go uh, is uh, what's yes. the best way for, for folks to, to find you. Yes. Okay. So I'm on social media. Um, Scotty Collin. So S C O T T Y C O L I N. If you do a search on that, um, I live in Vancouver for just to kind of, um, narrow your search. So I'm on uh, Instagram and my handle on Instagram is scottsmanship as in like, so uh, that's my, um, yeah, that's my, my Instagram. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, uh, Scotty Collin in Vancouver. And um, 
don't be afraid to send me a direct message if you're like wanting a resource or you know i don't know want to connect in some way um i'm definitely interested in having dialogue with people who um are fellow seekers awesome so at scotsmanship yeah. on instagram scotty colin yes. facebook i'll of course put those resources in the show notes absolutely yeah so and also tumblr i'm on tumblr scotsmanship that's um, right um tumblr is another platform that i'm on Yep. That's cool. You can see a lot of Scott's work on Tumblr. It's awesome. That was how I was introduced to you first. I don't think you had your social mm -hmm. media quite up and running yet once mm -hmm. we first started talking, but um, you sent me a yeah. message on Patreon mm -hmm. and I just like bawled my eyes out. And uh, since then, it's just been a super romantic <laughs> love affair. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it, you know? Um, <laughs> But I really appreciate you. I'll also send the uh, exact same uh, message out to people too. I, I don't know. Hopefully, I don't seem unapproach or I don't seem uh, inapproachable or anything. But if you reach out to me, I, I answer back. You know, um, I also yeah. like try to comment back yeah. anytime anybody comments on any of my stuff. So, um, if you want to connect mm -hmm. with me too, same thing. Uh, I'm at Bootsy Greenwood. Yeah. And uh, yeah, please check out Scott and his work at Scotsmanship on Instagram, uh, Scotty Collin on Facebook and Scotsmanship on Tumblr. And I'll put all those links yes. in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Scott. I love you. You're amazing. I God love you too. I love <laughs> you too. Thank you, Owen. Thank pleasure, you. Man. Thank you. Yeah. Right. All right. <laughs>